0: Magic.me is the world's greatest school for magic, meditation, and mysticism. You can learn everything there, from chaos magic to hermeticism to meditation to how to supercharge your finances and take absolute control of your destiny. In short, you get all of the tools you need to turn chaos into beautiful, scintillating order and master your life. It's incredible. You've probably heard me talk about it on the show quite a lot. But check it out, it's growing fast. And I just wanna say, if you're confused about where to start, because I have so many courses there, the ADAPT Initiative is the place to go. The ADAPT Initiative is the flagship course on magic.me. And it contains everything you need to know to master the most profound ancient techniques of changing your consciousness and the most modern and cutting edge tools and systems for absolutely turning your life into a masterpiece. You're really going to dig it. Go check it out and I will see you in class. It's magic.me, M-A-G-I-C-K dot M-E.
1: Jason, good to talk to you again. What's up, man? Uh nothing. How are you?
0: Pretty good. Uh it's 2022 in these streets. <laughs> what else needs to be said? Crypto's exactly. totally fine. An- Cryptocurrency is um, uh, melting down.
1: Another uh, another newly sober, frustrated musician here asking you questions. Um yeah. So my my main question was I'm looking to sort of like reignite my spiritual practice. Your
0: your mic is super echoey, and you have a super good mic, but it's like super uh, echoey. Not better. Is better? Yeah, that's way better.
1: Okay. Cool. Yeah, I had it like I had way better. Way better. Presser on. Okay. Cool. Um, so I'm looking to rekindle my magical practice. I took I took the advice you gave to another student and threw a lot of my practice into what I discovered or always knew my true will to be. So I sort of, you know, not that I stopped meditating, but I really, I threw a lot of things into just practicing music, to be blunt about it. So now I'm trying to sort of rekindle my place um, wherever I am, magically speaking. And so I guess pretty simply, um, going through the two courses, working through a lot of the elementals, uh, understanding elemental rituals, I'm trying to get a better grasp on, um, planetary energies and working with them. And, um, I understand, like, a, a student asked, I believe, in the last office hours about how the chakras map to the tree, if they do at all, if, the, if those two systems were even meant to work together. So, and I've gone through the Regardi book and there's a good bit about the hexagram rituals and planetary stuff, but I'm still just looking for some guidance in terms of, um, how to construct those rituals. And maybe you might have a, a recommendation for a place to start. Wh- which rituals? Uh, hexagrams and okay. working with the planets.
0: Okay, cool. So let's take it down to basics first real quick, uh, which is always the best thing to do. So here's the thing. Okay, so with there's lots of different systems, and they overlap in some places and contradict in some places. So for instance, you know the, the two big ones that people tend to... Um, get focused on are the tree of life or Kabbalah and the Hindu system, the chakras. Uh, people sometimes add the I Ching, they sometimes add the I Ching hexagrams, they sometimes add um, Tibetan things. Tibetans have their own version of elemental energies and chakras. They have four chakras, right? So, But they have Buddha families related to each element, which is very interesting. And there's lots of others, but the main ones tend to be. Kabbalah and Hinduism, right, or the, you know, the the yogic system. Uh, And everyone pretty much tends to go through those, at least in the Western tradition. In the Eastern traditions, they don't touch Kabbalah. But um, so here's the cool thing. So you mentioned, you know, uh, the confusion between the tree of life and the chakras. If you strip out the elemental and planetary energies out of those systems and take them on their own, they're pretty much the same across all systems. Right. That's the cool thing. So if you take the elements on their own and just focus on what are the four elements or the five elements, you're not really going to get any inconsistencies across these systems. In fact, then the systems like deeply inform each other, um, particularly you can learn a ton about the elemental energies from Buddhism, for instance, a ton. Um, and then the planetary energies are pretty much the same. Once you stick them into a framework. I suppose it's like a, a app development framework or something like that. You're working with the same basic languages, but they're arranged in different ways. Um, once you uh, once you push them into a framework, for instance, the chakras or the Tree of Life or Nokian, right, where these things are combined. Because that's that's what the, the Kabbalah. What it really is 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 combinations and p- positioning of it's positioning of combinations of elemental and planetary energies in relation to each other. So so just forget that for now. Um, if you take the just the four elements and the seven planetary energies on their own, and, and this is pretty much what I do in the the Adapt Initiative. You'll you'll notice there's not really any Kabbalah in there, right? I don't worry about putting any any big conceptual frameworks or overheads on stuff. I just have people work with the elemental energies. And we work with the planetary energies in Alchemy of Chaos, and we'll continue to do that in, in future courses. But um, So that's where to start. You just work with the elemental energies and then work with the planetary energies until they under- you understand them. Now when I say work with, there's a, there's a question of like, well, how do I do that? Okay, yes, you can work with the pentagram and the hexagram rituals. Or you can let's say work with astrology or other frameworks and things like this, but I would what I would recommend, uh, and that's just me um, is don't what I would recommend is just focus on them, focus on them one at a time, uh, even just conceptually just think about them for long periods of time. and one of my favorite and one of my favorite ways, and I think that actually curly says this as well, one of the best ways to learn these things rather than any type of big Freaking Doctor Strange nonsense is um, think about what things in your life relate to each one. So you just go through. So for instance, and you can take it slowly. Go through a day. You can do one at a time, right? Like let's say start with the Earth element. Okay, like go throughout your day and say what relates to the Earth element. You know, obviously your physical sensation, but what types of thoughts? What types of feelings? What types of moods that descend on you relate to the earth element? Uh, what things um, that other people do relate to the earth element? what what um, what pursuits like, for instance, finance, things like this, what what relates to the earth element? Um, and then proceed progress to the other elements and then do that with the planetary elements. and then eventually you just get to a state where, um, go through a day, and whenever a phenomenon presents itself to you, whether it's internal or external, like again a mood. Right? Moods, moods are very good to track. Um, what does it relate to? Okay, so for instance, um, I could be feeling really sluggish and lazy, and I don't want to get out of bed. What is that? What element would? What element or planet would that be?
1: It sounds like uh, Earth element. Yeah, and. Um, I'm not sure about planet, actually, just because it's, that again, that's one of those things that I haven't really developed a good knowledge of.
0: Oh, yeah, it, 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 I would say make it one or the other. Don't make, a, don't make it a combination, right? So Earth, right? That's what I was thinking as well. Okay, so suddenly I feel, uh, or let's say suddenly you feel unbelievably energetic and you just, you suddenly you're fired up and you just want to work really hard on an idea or go out and do sports or something like that. Mm-hmm. What would that be? Fire. Exactly. Okay. So, um let's say you get really depressed for like a day. And it's just this total depression and sense of futility descends on you. What would that be?
1: That feels like
0: either earth or water. I w- I would think my my potentially water because water is super emotionality and earth is fixedness, but uh, I would say Saturn, right? Saturn is the the, the depression, the planet of depression and constriction mm-hmm. and and uh yeah, and things like a Saturnine mood, right? So, so let's get into planets now, right? Or like, suddenly, uh, um, you know, somebody, uh, somebody trolls you on Instagram, and you're like, "Motherfucker, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get that bastard back." What would that be? <laughs> Mars. There you go, right? So, so there we go, right? So, it does, don't make it complicated. So, yeah. so, so, in a sense, you already know what these energies are, right? You're just, yeah, yeah. You're just overcomplicating it. So. I, yeah. So, and and this is one of the things about magic. I've always, magic for me unlocked at, in my early twenties, when I understood something very simple, because I went through like, I would say three stages with my going into magic. The first one was, um, just reading all the stuff and being like, oh my God, what is all this This is? Whoa. Like, whoa, dude. (laughs) Like, like there must be these people who can actually like do spells and things like this is so crazy. Right. And uh, I thought it was like this super complicated, like overwrought thing. And just like, oh, my God, these people with robes and like they must be like the Illuminati and like living in castles and, you know, like manipulating things from behind the scenes. And like this is oh, I want to be able to do that. That would be freaking awesome, you know. Um, okay, but but the thing was, like, I got hung up on the lane. This is where where many people still are, I think, like, (laughs) well into their occult career. Uh, they make it, and particularly people who get down the rabbit hole with conspiracy theories, you know, it's just like, come on. But, um, here's the conspiracy theory everyone's in it for themselves. There you go, figure it out. Um, but, uh, um, people are people and they do people stuff, some of which is covert, you know, it's like, but it's not a big conspiracy. It's just people trying to scramble for resources. Okay. Tangent. Um, <laughs> so the, the second bit, you know, but anyways, I got hung up on the technical language and it was like, it's like all oh, this matter, you know, like, uh, oh, this is all talking about these words, supernatural phenomenon and things like that. I, I just got this very Marvel comics idea about it. That changed for me. Honestly, and I don't recommend repeating any of this behavior. And this, by the way, was like, you know, over 20 years ago at this point. Um, that changed for me when I first did um, psychedelic mushrooms, right? Because when I, when, I, when I tripped for the first time, and it wasn't much, it was just on the beach with friends after college, because um, I, I started magic for many years without doing drugs. And mm-hmm. um, it suddenly it just all clicked into place and it all made sense. And I, I can't really explain how or why, but it was just like, oh... Suddenly, because what was it? It was all the language about changing states and manifesting ideas into reality and things like that. Suddenly, made sense in the psychedelic state as a way to modulate the experience. Yeah, and and the metaphor I used at the time was um, that magic is like a programming language to guide the psychedelic state.
1: Mm, I like that,
0: and it really is. Yeah, but. Uh, that was an. I, that also was an intermediary stage, because that was all about being in an altered state of consciousness, and many people get stuck here too. Um, by the way, I'm not saying that I, I know the ultimate be-all, ultimate end-all be-all, but these are stages that I have been through, other people may or may not go through them. But I, yeah. th- I think people definitely get stuck at this stage because, and I was for a long time, where they think that they need the substance to get into the state, right? So it becomes all about psychedelics. And, and there's a lot of people like this. And and particularly now since psychedelics are becoming so fashionable, they're like, oh, like, you know, basically I take the mushroom and I'm Doctor Strange. And I have all these great ideas and I can do all this and I have insights and all that. And then they become dependent on an external substance. And psychedelic mushrooms will tell you, many everyone reports this, they will tell you after a certain point of taking them, it's like, stop taking us. And as Terrence McKenna said, you know, when you get the message, put down the phone. And I don't think that there are necessarily a necessary stage. Uh, Because, and we know that because um, all of the, we have all these traditions like Buddhism and things like this where uh, specifically prohibit, not only A, specifically prohibit intoxicants, but B, have better technology for getting into altered states of consciousness. For instance, Raja Yoga or Vipassana, right? You don't need, you don't need the psychedelics, right? So um, third stage for me, when it really clicked into place though, when it really clicked finally, was when I realized magic is just a language for talking about things that are already there. Yeah. It's not... Well, that,
1: that's what got me... That's I think that's where you got me interested in it. You know, when I went, when I originally became familiar with your work was tying it into my everyday world, you know? Yeah. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah. These are just words for the things that I think and feel and and know. So th- that's been really helpful. And I, I feel like for me, like I'm very much... I'm very much on the second side of that, like I'm, I got really excited and really into magic for like a good two years. And it was thanks to you, you know, and like, it really, it connected me one-to-one with, with, um, with music, you know, which has always been my thing, but it was like, get sober, try that, try getting sober and doing music. See where, see, see, like hit the gas on that. And, um and I did. And so now I'm, I'm, I'm I feel like I'm whittling down and whittling down and I'm finding more things to work on and, and um, anyway, that's that's kind of what I want to chime in and get your opinion on is like, what's the next cool thing I could do? <laughs> but um, but I, but I'm also like I've also become really reliant on the ritual because you know I am a I have habitual addiction addiction personality things where it's like you know maybe I really need the hexagram ritual to work with these energies. What what I'm kind of hearing you say is like, no, just work with the energies, like.
0: As an like, initial stage, right? So again, if we start from this theoretical basis of magic is a language for things that are already there, rather than some other world that you go to, right? Even even astral travel, right? Argu- arguably the most abstracted and, and otherworldly part of magic is honestly, in my opinion, just another way of talking about your imagination, which in my opinion is part of the material day-to-day world anyways. We just cut it off in our culture for various reasons: industrialization, capitalism, uh, labor, all this stuff, right? Uh, or, and we we have for the last few hundred years. Um, although potentially it's coming back because of lockdown and the na- total nature of work is changing to become. So, and people are just becoming much more introverted and and decentralized, and I think it's actually probably a good thing. Um, but, so we'll see, that'll be very interesting to see over the next couple centuries how that, certainly in the next few years, next couple decades, how that pans out. But, um, so let's start from this this uh, fundamental preposition, if you will, that magic is just a language for things that are already there. Example, astral travel means imagination. Um, elements are aspects of, really it's a language, If you, it's a language for talking about subtle realms of existence. Anything that you want to get into, you need a language and once you understand the language, you can interact with it. So like every group has their own language, every pursuit, uh, engineering, uh, computer science, you got to learn the language first and I don't mean like a computer language, I mean like all the words and what they mean and how people talk about them and the jargon and all of that. So what, so learning the language of magic is a big part of it. and. Um, but under putting those things in proper context. So it's like fire could be even Agrippa, Cornelius Agrippa is very clear about this. Like fire is all the fiery things in your in your, in your, uh, day-to-day experience, even things like demons, right? Could be, which again, let's take the most fantastical aspects of magic, like demons. I mean, what demons could simply be negative repeating self patterns or, you know, uh, you know, malevolent impulses that you have right, that, are, that seem like they're external and are, and are distressing and would be very antisocial if manifested, right? Or angels could be, you know, the part, the higher or higher impulses, which don't, you know, sometimes feel like they never show up, but they do when we need them. So um, when, when you start from that standpoint, suddenly it makes sense. Okay, so then let's go on to ritual, right? Well, what are rituals? Well, there are a lot of things, but if you if you begin by understanding what the things you're actually working with are, now it makes sense. So, for instance, let's take the most basic one: lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram. So, one of the points of Adapt Initiative is you're, if you're interacting with these elemental energies all day long, right? Well, yes, but are are you interacting with them in a balanced way, right? Like, do you are you and you know, are, are the elements in balance or are you getting negative aspects of them, right? Are they, you know, uh, are you getting clephotic aspects potentially? So, um, so then what does a banishing ritual the pentagram really do? Well, it clear, it wipes the decks of all of the elemental energies around you so that you can think clearly and then get them back in balance. Right? Whereas an invoking ritual of the pentagram lesser, would what, what bring them all back all of a sudden, in, but in a purified form, because we're just kind of in this mess of them that are, that's, you know, you want to start, you, you want to be able to start with laboratory conditions. And it's the same with the hexagram. It's like, we'll clear the decks of all the planetary energies or do one to pull in a specific or pull them all in, you know, and and if you do the invoking versions, if you're paying attention, they they're quite strong, right? Once you really understand what the element, what what you're working with, otherwise it's a little confusing. Um, well, so let's say you do a hexagram ritual of Mars. Well, you're going to get pure Mars energy. Well, you know, and then it's like, well, what do you do with that? Well, you, you better have a you better have something to do with it, right? So so then the question is. So then, you know, I use this metaphor a lot with musicians, right? It's like, so think of, think of your, think of your, um, think of your existence as like you're doing, you're producing a track, right? And you're, you're in your DAW. Okay. And so you, you have, you know, you have, let's say. Uh, let's say, uh, you know, uh, 11 instruments open on, you know, on one track, right? Which are the planets and the elements. You want to turn some up and turn others down and change the settings on some of them. And, you know, you can have all these instruments playing, but for most people, they're just this dissonance. And that's, by the way, where you get people who really get reliant on astrology. They are looking to the stars to say, well, what what are the influences that I'm being bombarded with on a daily basis? And it's like, well, my response to that is like, in most situations, not all, but in most situations, it's like, who the fuck cares, right? If you can't control your own, like you rule your stars, not the other way around. If you're, you're ceding control to the outside, it's like, well, if you, if you have a basic stack of, of even just golden dawn rituals, it's like, or especially golden dawn rituals, it's like, well, sort it out for yourself, take control of it. Uh, and, and a lot of spiritual teachers, including Gurdjieff, Gurdjieff had this phrase that most people are food for the moon. I think this is an interesting way of talking about it. It's like, well, they're, they're completely, um, uh, captivated and controlled by external forces. If you're a magician, magician is very different role from an astrologer or a psychic or any of this other stuff, right? Magician is will magic is about will period, right? It's like, what do you will? And this is, or what do you, what do you create? From the palette of available energies, how do you act as an artist to create what you want rather than what is being projected on you by society, parents, friends, astrology, you know, economics, the state of the world, whatever, the news, whatever. It's like you should be able to clear all that stuff out and then create things how you want them to be. So this is perhaps a more effective way of thinking about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say it's very empowering and um and that's a great analogy with the music thing it's like who wants to hear the the mars solo album you know it's like balance in all things is 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 really what what one should strive for so
0: 100 percent. this is the dow right i mean it's like balance is the balance is the key to all of this yeah. and cool. um so many you know so and you'll see if you look around in the occult world or whatever so many people get hung up on one you know, it's like Venus or Saturn or whatever, like they just obsess over one or one God archetype or goddess archetype. And they're just like the goddess or something. Like that. They just get obsessed with it. And it's like, well, okay, that's one thing out of, you know, so many potentials. And, and the tree of life is a great framework for balancing everything out because you need everything to make a, a, you know, well-rounded, grounded human soul, right? Which is what we want. So, um, but, um, yeah, I, I just want to make, underline that point one more time. This is a really critical point for people to understand. Magician is a very different role than all these other things in the, the New Age Swamp, right? So we've got all these other, st- all this stuff that's floating around, astrologers, psychics, uh, what else? I mean, channelers, mediums, uh, whatever, all this stuff, crystal gazers, all this, all this stuff, right? So all of that stuff is receptive. Let's just, take astrolog- let's just take psychics, okay, as an example. Psychics are receptive. They are receiving impressions from outside. And their lives are usually shit for that reason, because they're constantly at the mercy of external stimuli at a, at a subtle level. So all of these people are working with the same playing field, but magicians are projective. They are projecting will upon the world, uh, and don't even need to have any psychic faculties to do so, if they have a ritual scaffolding. Uh, And that is, that's the key that is very different. And people are very unclear about this. This is a message I would like people to be clear about. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being on the receptive side of things. It's just a different job and people are, you know, so, and people need to be clear about this particularly because if you're in a place like Silver Lake in Los Angeles or Brooklyn in New York and these, these places where everyone's into this stuff, it's very easy for these people to get very confused where you know they'll do their astrology they'll do their trance dancing they'll do their uh they'll be running around investigating everything they'll be doing and and they have this idea that oh you know because I know astrology and I have this necklace that does it does some type of astrological function or I have uh you know I went to a psychic and got a psychic reading it's like well that means I'm in the world of magic it's like well or I'm a magician it's like well you're in the you're in the the vast mire of Yasad. yes, you're marooned in Yasad, but you're interacting with the astral or the subtle realms, but you have no control over it. And so you're, you're receptive, a magician projects will out into the world. So even within the occult world, there's very few people who truly understand that or make the distinction. Like I don't give a shit about psychic anything. I don't care about astrological anything. I really don't. I just project my will into the world. And because I'm like that, all I do is obsess over technical proficiency, because magicians are like that. We're like IT guys. You know, we're always obsessed with, and, or music is another great example, right? Obsessing, or, or art. It's like obsessing over all the technology with music and things like this. Understanding how to create, and, and projecting a will is not just like saying how things need to be. It could be putting art into the world but I'm sure you're the same as me. We're like, you love obsessing over the, I can tell just by your mic, you know, and having talked to you before, it's like, you love obsessing over the technology and the gear and the plugins and all of that. That's what magic is like, you know, it's, it's honing a skill for putting out your will into the world. And the point of the true will is to understand, well, what is the message that you're really trying to get across? What are you trying to man? What are you trying to manifest from yourself out into the world? Period. Not Picking up all this and, and to do that, banishing rituals are quite helpful because it walls you off from all this crap. Most people are food for the moon. They're mired in and, you know, just throwing around psychic garbage at each other, whether they're in the occult world or not, but particularly if they're in the occult world, so to speak. So I, I, I just need to make this distinction clear. I'm not saying that the path of magic is easy. It's a lifelong pursuit and it's punishing, but... I just want to make the distinction clear. I'm not saying one is better than the other, but you you ain't a magician if you just go to a few psychics and do some astro- astrology readings, and you're interested in this stuff. You know, it's 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 a te- technical skill.
1: One of the things I found too is like to go from a very like subdued, supportive personality to sort of somebody who's more of a leader. Which I like to say that I could have done some of that over the past few years. Is it doesn't make it doesn't necessarily make things easier for you. Like, it, it's actually more responsibility. It's great, and it's what you want. It's what I want. Um, but it, it's not necessarily easier. So, But but it's rewarding. So there we are. Here we are.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not easy. Um, but uh, nothing is. Yeah. Nothing cool. is. Yeah, I saw a good... Uh, I'm just adding more because you're, the, I think, the last person, unless anyone else has a question. I saw a very good quote on Twitter today by Venkatesh Rao, who's a uh, interesting individual, Um, that I just wanted to add to this, just to what you said about leadership. Um, Yeah, Venkatesh Rao is, uh, uh, writes it, is I think an environmental writer, interesting. Anyways, so uh, he said, if you don't switch to hard mode by 35, Life switches to impossible mode for you by 45. Whoa, that's and tough. Very true. Well, it's tough, but it ain't as tough as life, right? So it's like, and then he adds to this middle class privilege plus mediocre intelligence plus decent strategic thinking equals incentives are heavily loaded in favor of getting addicted to playing an easy mode by like 19. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is something that is good for all of us to hear. It's like, if you don't switch to hard mode by 35, life switches to impossible mode for you by 45. And this is, I think one of the great ethical lessons of magic and yoga, particularly things like asana. It's just like forcing yourself to do nigh on impossible and painful things until you can do them. Right. Asana, unbelievably, just sitting still in one place—that's a life lesson because most people drift their whole life from one one thing to the next. And you know, just hold still for an hour, way harder than it sounds, All right? But then you realize how you've been not doing that in every aspect of your life, perhaps. So, anyways,
1: yeah, thirty-five was the—I think that was actually the year that life forced me to either, you know, find something to find something to help you change or um accept that you're 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 doing a lot of damage to yourself by by staying where you're at so i appreciate you sir
0: thank you very much i appreciate you too and uh yeah enjoy enjoy hexagramming it up <laughs> i will okay so has everyone seen the virtual reality gallery by the way it's pretty cool yeah, uh, it's uh, if if you haven't seen it, it's you can it's on my Instagram and my Twitter, uh, and um, we keep we keep adding more art. So if you are, so we have so many artists who are students who are really good. Um, so if you have art, including music or video art. Uh, the only problem with video art is it has to be under a hundred megabytes So if you can get it under a hundred megabytes, we can put it up. Otherwise, we're limited by the platform um, So somebody sent me a couple music videos, but they were like a couple gigs and I could I couldn't get them up so uh, at least in good quality so um, But short clips are good animated art things like that uh, if anyone wants to get their art in the gallery uh, you can uh, email us uh, the the email to do that is rafael rafael at ultraculture.org and uh, We keep adding new stuff. So keeps check keep checking the gallery uh, At nft.magic.me, the actual open sea gallery because we kind of mac- maxed out our wall space in the in the VR gallery uh, keep checking back for new stuff and uh, there's um, There's um, Crypto's down so things are on sale
2: Hello, my name's
0: Jason and uh, I'm a magic user uh, oh uh we have something in common then that's wonderful
2: <laughs> um, I'd like to ask you about drugs if that's okay
0: sure uh, i i uh, someone i will I will respond from the experience of someone I met and what they told me about drugs but very, sure, ask yes, away very, yes
2: in minecraft or whatever. In, in minecraft in very, <laughs> very uh. Someone very close to you? Yeah. Um, So I stopped in order to sort of promote my dreams because I use a lot of marijuana or I did smoke a lot of weed. I, you know, stopped smoking weed until the dream, until the dreams came back because I started on this path where I'm writing down my dreams and I'm writing down all my meditation and stuff, right? So the dreams come back. I start writing them down. And uh the meditation is like it's really hard, right? So sort of introduce we back into the the situation, but in a like before meditation or part of my meditation. I can't do it every day. I have to go to work. I can't do stuff at work, whatever this is. (laughs) But I find that the meditation is just like I can sit for hours, right? Like you can just, I can just sit and I don't, I lose my uh, counting. Like I have to count. And in order to focus, I count and I, like I put the numbers right on my forehead and I watch the number, you know, to try and do that, and count my breaths in and out, all that. And when I, if I incorporate cannabis into it, it's just like I don't have to do all that, and I can sit um, for like I've done three hours, and like that's a that's hard on every every morning. Like I do with half an hour, and I can't. Not, but I can't. It's it's hard. I feel like I smoked the weed and I got like cheat codes or something. Like I'm just (laughs) like really like today. It's Saturday. I did my meditation today and I had a little taste beforehand. And wow, the body lock sort of thing. The twitches were gone. The sort of like I just recently got fifteen thirty sort of consistently going and holy moly holy (laughs) mackinac it is so so much it's more relaxed i get the the twitches are almost gone the weird swallowing things that happen when you get close to 30 like it's just it's just i I don't know it's it's the cheat codes it's like i feel like um, I don't know. It feels amazing. I don't know how, how else to describe it. I guess my question is: um Is that okay? <laughs> I, is it cool if yes. I do that? Like, it's uh, it's, it's just I just want to have. Like, am I doing it right? Am I doing it? Am I doing something bad or it's stupid or whatever? Right? Like, is this because it? I I can't like. And the days that I write down after those. The, sort of the weeks, like i fill up pages of the results right in my my um my log my journal and usually with the half hour daily like monday to friday before work kind of thing I'm, it is it is hard and i have to sometimes i've even experimented with using like those uh the youtube uh sounds oh, wow. or whatever. Yeah. So like I'm an attracting money or whatever, you know, like right. love and money and prosperity right. or like self-healing or all those things. I just use them sort of as a an audio focus device or whatever.
0: Yeah. I, I think, uh, in the words of Trump, it's, you know, very, very cool. Um, I, I think, so let me give you some context on this, right? Like this is, Yeah. Okay. So first of all, uh, let me preface, I don't smoke weed, right? The reason I don't smoke weed is because it makes me depressed and paranoid Mm -hmm. a lot. So it just doesn't agree with me. Uh, I'm I'm like
2: that already. So that's without weed.
0: Well, me too. Right. So, so I, I try not to encourage it. Um, and, but the, uh, like, like, let's let's think about this, right? It's like, where, where, do, where did yoga and meditation come from? Like India, right? It's like, well, yes. what, who are the people doing meditation over there? By and large, it's if you go over there, like the sadhus are like dudes who sit around smoking weed and meditating all day long. Like, weed, it's amazing, like, when I was in India, like, they, they just let marijuana grow freely as a weed, which is what it is, right? So, there's just, like, fields of it everywhere. It's ridiculous, right? And it's really yeah. good. Uh, you know, like, if you have the hash over there, it's uh, someone I met may have. Uh, it's, mm. like, acid. It's insane. So, um, uh, the Hindu, Hindu Kush, so, or, or Afghan Kush. Afghan so, Kush yeah. is one of my friend's favorite strains. It's intense. So, the... Um, you know, like if you look at depictions of Shiva, or Shiva, right? And, uh, and you know, you see him, He's he's got a, uh, usually there's a chillum, or there can be if it's accurate, which is essentially a clay pipe, right? It's like, yeah. you know, uh, Shiva sits on a mountain just getting stoned with his wife and kids all day long. And meditation and yoga are, you know, essentially the, the techniques for um, it's certainly for many people go well with that. Let me just put it that way. But you know, when I, when I was over there, it's like, yeah, I mean, they also drink bong, bong lassies, which is like a yogurt drink that has uh hash in it, which is ridiculously, like ridiculously potent. And you gotta be careful because if you drink it, you'll pass out for like two days and wake up completely robbed. Is a common technique over there. They'll get, they'll like, oh yeah, you oh, know, why? yeah. The, the, the white guy wants to get high with us, like, okay. And then yeah. they just, 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 just rob you, right? You know, cause you just, you know, even if you're used to drugs, it's like, yeah, get ready for that. Like they'll fuck you up as, as right. the, as uh, yeah. the drug dealer and with Neil and I says, you know, when I spike you, you'll know you've been spoken to. <laughs> so that, uh, that's a great film. Oh, I love it so one of <laughs> one of the best so um yeah it's not only okay it's like kind of historically standard and okay. e- even um uh even uh, by the way do you is it, do you what strain is it what strain are you using are using sativa or indica you
2: know what i prefer an indica but there's I what i'm what I'm using now is just what his boss, what my boss's wife grew in her backyard last, last summer. Right. Like it's, I don't even know what it is. No one's called. Um, So there's so much hybrid sort of stuff where I'm at right now. So I don't really know, but I know that the difference in what it does to me. And you can almost, you can almost feel the two different, Stages if you have a hybrid, like you can feel the the sativa is like sort of right up front, and then the indica is sort of on the downward slope, I would say. But
0: the reason I that know, I asked, sorry, the uh,
2: the one strain that I found that is almost like instant trance causing is called surprisingly enough uh, MK Ultra, <laughs> and it, it is. It is so, it is so intense. It'll just knock you into a trance state is what it feels wow. like. Wow. Okay. Like, it's, I don't, I don't use too much of that anymore. It's the
0: the reason, of- the reason I ask is uh, Crowley wrote a multi-part essay, which uh, you should read called the, the herb dangerous, uh, which was serialized in the Equinox, and he wrote it under the pen name Oliver Hotto. and it's about cannabis uh, indica, which he was experimenting with a lot for magic. Uh, And it's really interesting to go back to Crowley because he was so far ahead on so much of this stuff. I mean, this was in like 1910. 1908, 1908, something like that. He's, or excuse me, this is like nineteen o five. It was earlier that he was writing about this. The herb dangerous, uh, if you're depending on if you're English or American, how you pronounce it. And um, it's uh, fascinating because it's not only this very scientific and precise guide to states experienced, and not only. While high, but while combining magic and cannabis indica, but also it's a great introduction to the Buddhist trance states. He talks about the Buddhist uh, jhanas, uh, and it's a great introduction. So it's a great introduction to understanding levels of um, trance, basically from the Buddhist perspective. It's great; highly recommend it. Um, And so he. And, and he experimented with that a lot. He experimented, he experimented with everything, obviously. I mean, cocaine, heroin, with with um, Bennett, uh, Alan Bennett, and his mentor. He was, I think, the probably the first. There's a good YouTube about this. He was the first European to experiment with mescaline, probably, or peyote, and he got it synthesized and was uh, probably a. Uh, it was getting everyone high, like he got Aldous Huxley high for the first time and on mescaline and Huxley was coming up on it and uh, it was very stiff, very straight, right? And he said to Crowley, Crowley, you know, is there, there, there is a physician nearby, isn't there? He's coming up and starting to freak out a little bit and Crowley says, uh, no, but there's a very good undertaker down the street. <laughs> He must have been fun to trip with. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I would be. I would. Yeah. He probably w- might have played cruel, cruel jokes on people. I would suspect. But um, I highly recommend reading that. There's another book I haven't read it, uh, but it looked interesting. There was a guy that used to write about magic a lot in the 90s that you don't hear about much anymore. There's a good writer about it named Phil Farber, uh, and he wrote a whole book on combining magic and marijuana. I haven't read it, but it's probably worth looking up, at the least. Uh, Robert Anton Wilson talked a lot about this. You know, he basically. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, you're you're in good company. I mean, it's so you, you know, Mahashivaratri in India, it's like you have like a million sadhus like come down, all get stoned out of their gourds and jump in the Ganges. You know, so this is I mean, the use of not just marijuana, but other substances have been part of the spiritual uh, spiritual. Heritage of humanity since the beginning of prehistory, right? So, of course, um, I will say I was talking to my friend um, Alan uh, Green, who's on the podcast about this yesterday, and we're talking about um, the use of various uh, hallucinogenic or psychoactive substances in religion throughout history, and how it's very obvious if you look back they were all on incorporating this at some, usually it was at the higher levels of initiatory rites, things like this. There was always some type of sacrament, right? And the only reason that that has been buried uh, is because of the kind of Protestant idea that you must be stone cold, sober, and work hard till you die every day of your life. And and, um, uh, it's cultural, right? But historically, it's not, it's certainly not historically accurate at all to say that drugs were separated from spirituality. It's just historically inaccurate to say that they haven't played a huge part in all of this. It's just inaccurate. Yeah. And so, um, uh, you know, even if you look in the Bible, if you look at Moses and the burning bush, things like this. So, um, the, uh, but what we are talking about, it's like the, the issue now though, is like it, it's tricky for people in my position. Um, because you don't like, I don't talk about, I talk to, I talk about drugs and people ask me about them, and I have the psychedelic magic course, but I don't really make it a big part of things. And I myself actually do everything stone cold sober, um, yes. other than a lot of caffeine because I'm tweaky like that. But but um, I'm same trying same. I'm trying to modulate that even because that that has its downsides for sure. I think that, um, but you know, uh, it's obviously a part of it can be a part of people's practice, and so and always has been. And so, um, but you can imagine for people like in my, in my position or people who are publicly talking about this, you, you don't really want to say that because it just makes it too easy to dismiss because then people can come along and say, oh, well, like, oh,
2: you, you're just on drugs. Yeah. You're like, not and, doing anything real. This is just, your right, brain on drugs.
0: You're, exactly. You're, well, you're just high. So and then it's just like, it's just case closed. Right. And, and, and it's all written off and you're written off as a person oh so, well. Yeah. You're you're okay. Get a job. You know what I mean? Yeah. So but it but it's you know, like as we know, it's like magic, you know, magic doing magic with substances is not the same thing as doing substances. As Bill Hicks said, it's like, you know, it's like they're they're sacred. He's talking about mushrooms, he's saying they're sacred, go to nature. It's like people take mushrooms and they say, Well, I went to Astral World and I had a real bad time. It's like, yeah. Like, yes you did. <laughs> set and setting, you know. <laughs> So even, even if substances are introduced into, let's say a ritual, um, you can't write off the things that happen because they'll be directed and guided and shaped by whatever, whatever the actual magic was and the information you can get may check out. So, um, just because somebody was high, um, and how high, I mean, what was the dose? I mean, it's like, you know, were they just microdosing? dosing or like, what, what are we talking about? What was the, what was the, the. You know how scientifically controlled was it? So you know even if someone was high, you certainly can't write off their experience in as much as you can, and if you can write off people's I'll say this if you can write off people's experience when they're on drugs, then you can write off any of their experiences because all of our experience is subjective. all of our experience we don't as Wittgenstein said we don't know anything outside of our you know sphere of perception. we just don't we can't all we know is our own brains, Meaning that it's constructs out of raw sense data, and it's modulated by thousands of years of human culture and language, which we didn't come up with. So you know, we we have no objectivity, and all we're, we are chemical effects. Everything that we're experiencing is modulated by brain chemistry, as anyone who's ever been on SSRIs or, or any psycho, you know, psychotropic legal medication will tell you, uh, or just if you don't eat in the morning, we're we're a chemical process so everything we experience is through the lens of chemicals everything caffeine you know the whole the whole oh, as has yeah. been pointed out many times the whole modern hypercapitalist world is essentially a caffeine hallucination a caffeine refined sugar you know yeah. we're all hyped up what do you caffeine
2: think caffeine and nicotine at some at yeah. one point
0: yeah yeah i mean it's like Maybe maybe people got a little bit of relief from nicotine. Maybe people are even more amped up now because they're not smoking.
2: <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's the other like the other sort of considered teacher plant that I used to use a lot. Of, you know, from like nineteen until thirty, I guess, and then and it was sort of that 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 mock step, the caffeine nicotine like combo, so powerful right? Like
0: it just, you
2: know, keeps you going and keep, you know, takes your anxiety away and keeps you moving. Oh yeah. And so you can keep working.
0: Right. I actually like, um, this is not advice for anyone, but, uh, uh, I've had good, um, um, effects from getting nicotine gum and just chewing a tiny piece of it, like just cutting it up. Uh, there's, uh, you can, whatever, you know, like this is available, uh, like you want like a one milligram dose, Anything more than mm. that actually makes me really sick, I, I don't like. I I hate the feeling. I, it makes me flash back to the first time. First time I ever smoked a cigarette was an unfiltered Lucky Strike, and I passed out for a, a half an hour. It was after watching Full Metal Jacket for the first time. So I started trying to do push-ups, and then I passed out for for an hour. It was terrible, teenage hijinks. But that sounds. Uh, that sounds really good. That sounds like, like an amazing uh Oh, I was, I was so, no, but it wasn't. I was so nauseous. No. I was so, dis- it was disgusting. Um, and uh, anyways, but um, nicotine, one, one of the ben- beneficial effects of nicotine is that it improves neuronal connectivity and it boosts yes. your short-term memory. So, so if you can get it, in, and obviously vaping is bad, smoking is bad and nicotine itself is addic- so good. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's you, actually a-, had
2: a good experience with uh, the gum though, is what you're saying.
0: Vaping is actually healthy for you. If you wear a fedora while doing it, Oh, then shit. It, yeah. <laughs> there it's you so, go. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the problem, well, nicotine itself is, is, uh, addictive. So you always have to obviously have to be careful, but, um, most of the, Negative effects of smoking are uh, respiratory from any smoke you inhale, is going to be bad for you, or vaping gives you popcorn lung. So, the substance itself, I I think, if you can get it in a, um, if you can manage the dose so it's very small and not develop a a habit, um, like not do it every day, then uh, it can be interesting. Uh, It can boost working uh, for short periods of time. Not a whole lot, not a whole lot, uh, but, but uh, yeah. So, uh, obviously, the Native Americans used and uh, uh, presumably still use uh, tobacco as a sacred plant in ceremonies. So, yeah. it has its uses. There's a reason John Constantine smokes.
2: <laughs> Same with uh, the Peruvian shaman, have the mapacha. Uh, I think that's how it's pronounced. I don't know what's the type of tobacco the
0: jungle. Yeah, mate and coca leaves too.
2: Oh well, yeah. Those coca leaf, I'm sure, is a teacher plant. Uh, yeah, so like all these things. Anyway,
0: I guess what le- I want le- to legalize do is legalize it. Be able- and legalize it. That's what I say. Certainly, marijuana should be legal everywhere, and not alcohol. Yeah, I mean, I'm
2: in Canada, so it's oh, sort lucky you. Like, yeah, it's just you can grow it in your backyard. You like, it's. It's pretty good. I don't know.
0: You're basically, if you're Canadian, you're basically born stoned, right? I mean, I, yeah. I, I lived, I I lived in Vancouver for like nine months and it's just like everyone was, yeah, high all the time. It's like,
2: (laughs) I mean, I used to live there, right? Like, I, not, sorry, not, not in Vancouver, but I used to live stoned, right? Like, kind of, yeah. And I sort of wanted to get that. I don't know, I just listened to that, or I watched that one Joe Rogan where he, uh, whenever he does the Sober October, and he, how he's like, oh yeah, like I, I quit smoking so my my dreams just come back like crazy. And I was like, okay, I want that. I want to have that experience.
0: Yeah, everyone says that. Tons of people have said that to me. Like if they smoke weed for a couple of years, they stop and then their dreams come back, like really vividly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just imagine everyone in Canada just you know getting high and l- looking for hidden meanings in Rush twenty one twelve all day long. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. Put on a Tool record and just like you know chill out. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, like,
0: yeah. I like I like I like Canada a lot. Canada is like America if it worked and people were not crazy and it was clean.
2: That's not this not well. There people are crazy. There's just less. I guess there's less guns. You know, maybe I don't know.
0: I don't know, like Vancouver, it's like, you know, people aren't really, like, my experience of Canadians is they're laid back. They're not like, yes. they're not crazy up in other people's businesses, you know, and they're just kind of living, First, enjoying life.
2: It's still a bit crazy. Anyway, what I want to do is be able to have my weekend cheat sessions in the in the circle sort of help me in my... Monday to Friday, half hour struggle in the circle, right? I want to be able to sort of I don't know, get that feeling, get that feeling in that, that hard weekday half hour. So, you know,
0: and I, yeah, why not? I mean, if you can be a functional stoner and it works for you, I mean, I can't, but if it works for yeah, you, I, do it, you know,
2: I don't know. I don't, and I don't like to, I don't like to be stoned at work because then there's always that thing hanging over you, right? Like if you fuck up at work, I mean, in my particular job, someone could get hurt or I can get hurt or okay. I, can help. I get hurt all the time <laughs> just doing my job. So okay. like, if you have that sort of that hanging over you, it's just like,
0: yeah. Yeah. But we, I mean, weekends, I mean, that seems very maintainable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean maybe you could, you know, make if you're going to do that. I mean, if you're going to do cuz it's it's hard to do if you work a full-time job, particularly it's hard to do, I mean, even a half hour a day of meditation is tricky. But um uh, do like a 3-hour ritual on the weekend, you know? It's like make it a thing.
2: Yeah, go, I go crazy. Was, I started that today. I tried it. I tried it out today. It wasn't 3 hours, but it it was a great session and that first that first half hour just like Zip by right like i and i was had that body lock i had that like there was very little twitching i should i I should try it with music or i should try it with one of those sound escape things but it's very it's very good
0: good well you're uh you're in good company
2: (laughs) okay well i i mean i figured that I just wanted to hear i guess i just wanted to hear your take on it or your experience with
0: it you wanted me to, you wanted to hear me say no very bad and wrap your no no everywhere. no <laughs> <laughs> the thought. never think that uh I just, no i mean oh. I, i'm i sometimes i feel that i'm the only sober magician i certainly haven't always been but but no. uh yeah it, it's pretty standard
2: I the whole idea that you know, you have those experiences in you, you get the message, you hang up the phone kind of thing, right? Like,
0: well, that's psychedelics. I mean, that's, a, I mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's a different, I'm just saying, that's a you get thing. that
2: with all sort of things. Like you don't need to Stoned all the, time.
0: Yeah. the the only the only thing I will caution is 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 uh, and this is I think pretty well understood at least intellectually because sometimes it's easier said than done. But the only thing you don't want to do is be dependent on it. And I don't mean a, addiction. I mean I mean that would be bad too. But yeah. but um well a, well a couple things. A is if you have to get stoned to do magic, or it's like if if you if you don't have the substance, then you can't do it. Then you need to look at that because you can't be you use it. you. You got to be able to do stuff without it. I mean, if it makes it yeah. easier, yes. I mean, it's always good. if it works for you, it will always make it easier. But you can't rely on it. Uh, the other one is if it, like you were saying with your job, if it gets in the way of, let's say, your true will. If it gets in, if it gets in the way of you being you, well, that's a problem, right? If it allows you to be you and doesn't destroy your mind or body in the process, and you can manage it as a responsible adult. You know, I, I, that's that's human beings, right? It's like I'm not talking legally. You know, like where you are in the world is totally dependent on the local, the local yeah. authority monsters, the local. but um, the, the the local undeserved authorities. But um, yeah, uh, it, this is the history of humanity. I mean, it's like it, yeah. it's something that Jen used to point out to me. I've mentioned this many times. It's like all all animals in nature seek to get high. And the yes. smart, the more evolved they are, the more they try to get fucked up. You know, it's like you must like Trailer Park Trailer Park Boys, right?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. I watched a little bit of that. Leonard Kenny, Letter Kenny is another one that's really is quite good. I don't know. I'm I'm old. I'm Kids in the Hall
0: fan. Oh yeah, well, me too. Yeah, Kids in the Hall was great. I I my my favorite Kids in the Hall was Manservant Hecuba. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of
2: course, yes. <laughs> hey, yes. Heckulous.
0: What's that guy's name? Uh, Simon. Simon. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. Catch me.
2: You're
0: going to so, catch me not knowing. Si- well, I don't, Simon. I've forgotten either. Simon, yeah. But uh, sometimes I would get high and I was like, oh, my God, I've become that guy and I would feel so awkward. Oh, oh yes. Yeah.
2: The, uh, all, the pit of ultimate evil, right? The like pit of ultimate so evil.
0: He's, yeah, he's yeah. At a, he's at like an
2: open mic night doing that, right? This yeah. Is, that's the whole setup
0: yeah yeah uh oh i think you're th- are, are you confusing it with goth talk i don't know uh, no anyways. no i'm not also good simon milligan? Is it simon, simon milligan simon milligan yeah the of ultimate darkness and yeah 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 Roman yeah, and yeah. Yes, nice. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> satanic panic uh anyways that's my answer so um have at it
2: okay <laughs> yeah I, I will continue to have at it. yeah thank you very much
0: you're welcome